What's up, everybody? We're back. Episode four of Rooftop Radio. Uh, we took a little break there for a little while. Uh, we apologize for the the two week delay. Um, this is a emotionally distraught kind of a basket case of emotions. Cody football, Cody Duke Blue Devil, um, and we got some others here with me. Skip Drellis, what's going on? The Jerry Bear, Jerry, what's up? And Skins. So we got we got a full crew tonight, four people. Um, you know, missing Sugar Shane and Dan, but per usual. Um, per usual. Um, they're they're off doing you know their jobs, whatever, teaching the youth, running some rec centers. Um, wish wish that referendum would have passed for that part, but um, whatever, McHenry County voters. Um, so we have decided. I don't. I know some of you probably noticed from Twitter. Um, we did a little name change, doing a little rebrand here at um, Ball Chicago. We're now going to be called Deep Dish Sports. Um, you know, we want to show our our outside of Chicago sports knowledge a little bit. We got a new tab that Jerry's excited to post under called Outside the 312. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he wanted to call it Thin Crust Takes or something. <laughs> but Thin crust topics, but I like outside. Thin the crust too. topics, you know, we that would have been pretty funny. Um, so we went with outside of the three one two, but um, we got a full plate for you guys today. Uh, pun intended. Pizza, get it? <laughs> there we go. Um, we we're gonna talk, you know, baseball, basketball, football, you know, the normal stuff. Um, hockey, we got a lot to talk about there. Jerry, um, it's a sad time. Pretty upset. I mean, that's that's part of Cody football's, um, you know, glass case of emotions. You know, I'm happy happy about Duke, but uh, Coach Q, Stan Bowman sucks. Mm. Um, the Cubs are a dumpster fire right now. I don't know what's going on. But, um, you know, let's get to the positive side of this weekend um, besides Notre Dame beating Northwestern. You know, AJ was pretty happy. Oh, Irish. But- you know, really, really wish Northwestern would have pulled that one out. That one, that one would have been funny. They had him on the ropes there for a bit. It was a lot closer than I expected. I'm not going to lie. Um, but the Bears, another big win. You know, took care of a, a Buffalo Bills team that, um, you know, they should they should beat. But the, the Bills did beat the Vikings. So, do you see Bill, um, Bills Mafia started a GoFundMe for Nathan Peterman to retire? Four one K for him or something. That guy. Yeah. The Bears defense came in pretty much struggling for several weeks in a row, and he made he made them look like the all world defense that they claimed to be. So I mean that was, you know, the offensive numbers didn't look very good, but the defense did their job, and I think that was kind of a byproduct of the defense dominating as much as they did. Is the offense didn't have to do much and didn't really have the opportunity to do a whole lot, but. We've said it several times. They they did what they have to do as a team that wants to be considered a contender. You beat the teams you're supposed to beat, and they did that very handedly the other day. Yeah, I mean, it was it was nice to, you know, sit there, and I was kind of just doing other stuff while I had the game on because it was such a blowout. And, um, I mean, every time I looked up, somebody on the Bears defense was running the ball into the end zone. Hmm. I mean, that most of those – weren't really Nathan Peterman's fault. I mean, this guy's Kevin Benjamin sucks. Yeah. I mean, he, I, didn't, I got, he didn't make too many like egregious mistakes, but when your 
quarterback is Nathan Peterman, when you're a skill guy, you pretty much have to do everything you can to help him out. You can't be leaving him out to dry like that. And the, the Bears took advantage. It was nice to see Leonard Floyd. You know, the ball kind of just fell in his lap, but it was kind of nice to see him make some sort of an impact play finally. And AJ called him out, and boom. I did, yeah. And, uh, you know, my favorite guy on the team, Kyle Fuller, of course, found himself in the middle of everything again. So uh, We'll get to him that, later. Yeah, he's, he's, oh, having, a good, he's having a good year. Oh, stop, you guys. Um, stop. I, uh, it was nice to see him make some plays, but he's definitely going to – he'll continue to be one of the guys that I'm very quick to – kind of get after if he makes a mistake but that's just kind of because he's got toaster hands it's gonna be life for kyle fuller yeah but um you know one thing that i had kind of come to mind and and heard a few various uh you know similar ideas about um is the whole jordan howard thing you know we've talked about it previously whether or not he's a right fit for this offense why we're not seeing him get these 100 yard games he's not even close to tracking for the 1300 yard seasons that he had his first couple in the nfl it was brought up, um, I think I heard it on ESPN uh, 1000 today or maybe 670. They made a good point. You know, he, he had these dominant numbers and these top of the NFL rushing numbers for a couple of years in an offense that was just absolutely horrendous. Like he was kind of a byproduct of nobody else on the offensive side of the ball being able to do anything. And it was great to see him score two touchdowns. He had that the second one was a bruiser. I mean, just lowered the shoulder on that DB, which is great to see. But I, I, I don't know if the, the numbers may not look like they did in the past, and I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. They, they don't have to rely on giving him the ball 25 to 30 times a game like they used to because they're actually a 21st century offense at this point. Um, so I think that's something to kind of consider as we move forward. We might not see the gaudy numbers from Jordan Howard, but – um, I think he can still find a way to be valuable and, and be that piece that kind of helps milk the clock away or, or really solidify a win, especially as the weather starts to turn. And fair weather, fair weather's coming. And Dre, I agree 100% that I don't think we'll see him as much, which is fine. It's just not part of the offense, but he's really effective. But does that really show you how valuable he was then? That's an interesting point. I've never heard it because, I mean, if he was the only true weapon this team had, I mean, we had Josh Bellamy as the number one receiver. A um, few years there, and he was still producing, meaning teams had to be game planning for him. So, I mean, is he that good of a back, that good of a value? And that's a big reason why I wanted to keep him around. I think he's found his role nicely, and I think Nagy's starting to find how to work him and Cohen a little better balance. So, I agree with everything, but I still think that guy brings so much value to the team. I love him as a bear. No, he's extremely yeah. valuable, and I think that it's just we have to look at it a little differently than we had in the past where we're not going to see the big-time, flashy, fantasy-type numbers, but that he still may have as big or maybe even a bigger impact than he had before because the runs he's making are more impactful or, or mean more because the offense is actually playing a part in winning some games where in the past they were definitely the reason that the Bears were losing games. And that's we're so far past that at this point. It's you know extremely refreshing, but just kind of a different perspective. And I think we, which you did touch on a little bit, AJ, and I, I think the bear weather is going to have a huge impact on his role as well, um, especially with a young quarterback like Mitch throwing the ball in the snow or bad poor weather or whatever. They're going to have to lean on Jordan a little more at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I think he's he doesn't have a ton of carries and a ton of um, – issues as far as injuries this year. I think he's going to be very healthy down the stretch, and I think I really think his role is going to 
just grow as the season goes on here. It's a good point. Fresh legs. Yeah, the being fresh is something that I think can be overlooked. So that's a that's a really great point to bring up that he can he, he might be feeling a lot better than some of the uh, workhorse backs that have gotten the ball twenty times a game for the, through the first half. Exactly. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see. And I mean, we I think it was what two weeks ago that the video uh, recording of Nagy being mic'd up came out and I mean he, he said it to him a couple times during that few minute clip he's like I promise you I'm going to get you running downhill we're going to get you going so I, I think he's hopefully starting to see kind of the light at the end of the tunnel that he is going to start being an impact on this offense and um, doesn't look as though that he let the frustration that may have been there get the best of him which you like to see at this point yeah I uh and you know kind of moving forward speaking about that weather Ryan I I think it's important we talk about the Bears moving forward, um, I'd say it's safe to say, not that big of a claim, but the next three games are the biggest three games of the season with uh, Detroit, Minnesota, Detroit. Yeah. You know, in what, have, 12 days. In 12 days, yeah. And they have, I mean, it's a tough schedule ahead of them. I mean, we know they can handle the Bills, the Jets, and the Bucks of the NFL, but I re- I'm very curious to see how these guys stack up against the Vikings. I know Detroit doesn't have the best record, but they can show up for big games, it feels like. So, um, I, I, those, those Packer games, those Miami games are, are burned into my brain. So see how the team responds against some good teams. Cause they're better than those low, low tier teams, but you know, they got the Rams still this season, the Packers, of course. So huge pass coming up for the bears and really towards the end of that playoff push. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think they need to at least split with the or the Lions and hopefully get that Vikings game. I agree. Um, that Vikings game needs to be a win, just considering right. where they, they stand, right, like what, a half game or percentage points behind. Yeah, and I mean, there hasn't really been a game where the Bears have been down more than two scores. Maybe, I don't even know. And haven't the they led game. at halftime of every game? Yeah, I mean, they, they've been in every game. They, they played with the Patriots. They lost by a touchdown. I mean, they've been there in every single game. So I think they're going to be competitive in all three of these games. I'm not really worried about that. It's just how they perform down the stretch, which Mitch has kind of been up and down. The offense has been up and down. And, I mean, not having Cleo on the field obviously makes a, a healthy Cleo makes a difference in that too. Definitely. Yeah. And, and you guys alluded to it a little bit, these next three being division games. And then the one following the, uh, the second Lions game on Thanksgiving is the Giants. So in that four game stretch, they need to, at the very least, I think, win three of those four. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're really going to solidify yourself at this point as a team that is going to be a factor come playoff time, uh, like you said, a split with the Lions playing to the team that, close in uh you know two times in what less than 10 days um is a big deal so if you can split that you definitely need the vikings win and then obviously you should be able to handle the giants so Mm -hmm. i think three out of those four is a big number at the very least have to split the four if they go anything less than two and two in those games you know then they start running the risk of maybe missing the playoffs yeah and crazy stat i read um i know this lions team in my opinion is a little worse than it has been but I think the Bears have one win against the Lions in the last five seasons. I'm not sure how much of that stacks up this year, but that's interesting to me. I'm not sure if the Lions get up for divisional games or what. Because it's not like the Lions are this dominant, have been this dominant team, but they have been respectable. But they've just, the Bears have just been miserable against the division regardless, which True. is why I think these three games, you know, I think it's pretty rare that you have three 
straight divisional games like this in the middle of the year, let alone how close in uh, proximity they are on the calendar. Um, but that's, you know, it just added emphasis on these games. It's really the first opportunity to run through the NFC North gauntlet um, and for Nagy to prove that he can get this done and win the games that actually matter. Yep. Um, um, I got no, another God. fun stat uh, just, just to throw at AJ really quick. I got two, Ooh. actually. Statistician first, Ryan. First, um, the GoFundMe for Nathan Peterman has – now raised two hundred and seven dollars. So I don't really know what they're gonna do with that money. Does he get that money or what? For a half second there, I thought you were gonna say two hundred and seven, and I was gonna lose my mind. Like two hundred seven thousand. Oh yeah, two hundred seven dollars flat. The goal, a goal of a million dollars. Three days in here. Um, and then my other stat is that uh, Kyle Fuller is tied for the league lead in interceptions. He should be the league leader. He should That's be. true. That he should be. one more, he'd have five there with the Packers one. You know, it's it's one of those things, like I said, I'm going to probably rag on him, you know, whenever it is that he gets beat, no matter how it works. But, I mean, he, he always seems to find himself by the ball. Playing cornerback in the NFL is one of the hardest positions in all of sports, arguably. Um, but he's just he, – he's made some mistakes at very inopportune times and just kind of put him on the uh, the top of the shit list for me, and it's going to be hard for him to get it completely off of there. So Once you're on AJ's hate list, like, oh my God. it's it, very hard to get off. It is. It and, is. you know, for those of you that have checked my Twitter, I did update my hate list the other day. I don't even remember who I added to it, but – Terrence you know, Warren, I thought that was a little well, harsh. He, Okay, he's a, he was already on there because, I mean, it's Ryan Braun, uh, Bob Nightingale. I hate that guy. <laughs> Terrence Gore, and I, I'll find the other ones while we, while we go through this. But I added somebody the other day, and I think uh, AJ and I are pretty similar. And if you're on the hate list, you don't really get to get off unless you, like, win MVP of the league or something. I or think Bob AJ Nightingale – AJ's love list is always like that too. Like they're they're stuck on there. No oh, how yeah. old they are, you know. I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm bad with that too, you know. Jay Cutler, goat. Um, Brandon Brandon but, Marshall. Yes. Oh exactly. God. Um, <laughs> for those of you that don't get to participate in our daily group chat, AJ thinks Brandon Marshall should be on the Bears. Um, no, oh my gosh. We're we'll not talk, we'll talk, we'll talk about that later. We can talk about that. Yeah, that'll that'll probably come up again later in the podcast. We'll <laughs> see. Um, but Bears at the halfway point now, right? Five and three. Is that is that yes, correct? Yeah. Um, so let's let's go with your midseason grades. Um, AJ, I'll let you go first since you're the Bears guy, even though you want Brandon Marshall. <laughs> um, but you can you can start. What's your what's your grade for the Bears halfway through the season? Um, I'll go solid, solid B, um, borderline up on the, you know, B plus margin right there, but, um, you know, could be B plus or closer to an A if not for the couple of injuries that they've had. Um, obviously I think overall they've been in decent shape. Um, kind of goes back to White Sox Dave a few weeks ago when I used him as the moron, um, all of a sudden they had some injuries following that, but overall, I think we have to be pretty impressed uh, with what we've seen five and three top of the division. Um, so I'm going to go solid B. I don't think they deserve much lower than that. I, I, uh, I'm just going to jump in here. Yeah, go I'm ahead. Gonna, your turn. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to counter AJ. I'm going to give them a C plus B minus. Um, wow. B minus absolute top, top, uh, highest. 
I know they're first place, blah, blah, blah. It's in, I love the Bears, you know, just as much as any other big Chicago Bears fan. But I, they don't have one impressive win on their resume, if you're asking me. They haven't beat one good team yet. Um, you got to play who you play, though. That's not the point. They've lost. You would game. you would know that Gary being a Michigan fan, <laughs> plays on the schedule, I guess. Right, but I'm saying they they've lost to any respectable team they have not beat yet. So that said, they're in first place. That gets them in the B minus range for me. But those Packers lost, Miami lost, and New England lost is New England lost. So that we already talked about that one. But they still yet to win a good game. That's why I'm not sold on this team quite yet. I think they're good. I think they have great potential, but. We'll see. Starting the second half, Ryan. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go B minus B. Um, as far as coming into the season, though, which I think we kind of lose sight of this. I mean, the expectations weren't for this team to win the win the division. True. I think we all kind of booked the Vikings, and then the Packers and the Lions and Lions and Bears were somewhere in there. I mean, obviously Khalil kind of raised those expectations but even after that people didn't really think they win it right right so i think they've overachieved even though um we made a good point there that they haven't really beat anybody good necessarily they haven't had a good win but uh yeah i'm gonna go bb minus i think they're in a spot where they can get a couple of statement wins here and they could jump up to an a especially with those expectations being pretty low coming in right yeah and go ahead while they haven't had the signature win yet, and again, it goes back a little bit to who's on the schedule, because even had they beaten the Packers or the Dolphins, I don't even think either of those qualify as really you know, impressive wins. The Packers won means a lot just because of the division, but the team... Anytime, they, you, anytime you beat Aaron Rodgers, it's I know, impressive. I, right? I agree, I agree. But the, the fact is that outside of the Arizona game, the games that they've won, they've won convincingly, convincingly, and they've dominated the teams they should dominate. Like, that Jets game at 24-10 doesn't look like a wild uh, outscoring game, but I never felt uncomfortable during that one. They dominated the Bucks, dominated the Bills. So I think that has to go a little bit uh, towards, you know, them showing what they actually are, dominating the teams that they should. Um, so I don't want to, you know, rag on them too much with the schedule yet. But like we said, you know, we all kind of agree these next three games should show what they actually are. Yeah. And Co- Cody, before you get to your grade, Ryan, you nailed it saying. Yeah, screw me, I guess. Expectations were different <laughs> or, or were different headed in season. So I, while I agree with you there, I think um, expectations for the whole division were different too. I think everyone expected the Packers to be a little better. Everyone expected to be the Viking, the Vikings to be a lot better. Um, so nothing shakes out like we thought, which is pretty typical of the NFL. But right, I think it's except the Rams. Good, but besides the Rams, yeah, Cody. I yeah. think I think the Vikings are kind of back to where we thought they were going to be. They're getting they there. Yeah. They had a if Kirk start. Cousins would stop fumbling so much, my God. I mean, I mean, the Bills game was bad, but I think it was more the Griffin stuff or whatever the heck that was. The yeah. mental they issues. Had some I mean, distractions and some issues. Losing him, the defense was a mess for a while. So I think that was more of it. Yeah, Cody, what's your grade? Um. Yeah. Thanks. I'll go now. <laughs> um, Rams boy. But I'm Skinner. Kind of took my thunder there. I was. I was ready to say how you should have gone last into this. You I know. Told, you told me to go. Me. But um, like before the season, I saw um a blog that you know was predicting their record by like going through each game, and they had them at I want to say eight and eight or nine and seven, and like I was like, whoa, you know, I'm thinking seven and nine still. So. You know, even though they don't have that win, I'll give them a B plus just because now all of a sudden, like, 
my expectations are high enough for this team where I think they should win the division right now. And the fact that they turned me from, you know, seven and nine to, you know, a believer that they can win the division in just eight games is, is worth a B plus to me. And here's another thing that we can think about is I don't know if we've gotten or had an opportunity to see this offense, which I think has improved. I think Mitch has improved from week one till now. And we haven't seen this the offense and defense both firing at all cylinders. I mean, I think the first two games with Khalil healthy, they were amazing. They're awesome um, getting the quarterback. And we really haven't had it where both the offense and the defense were firing at all cylinders. And I think we might see that in these next three games. I, I hope – I certainly hope so with Khalil um, hopefully healthy now. And that was good to see him sit those two – not like good yeah. to see him sit, but I'm glad they sat him and, you know, won those games. Um, side note here, I found my updated hate list. Um, Ryan Braun, Chili Davis, that might be unfair. I'm kind of, you know, sorry, Chili. I gave you a lot of heat. Terrence Gore, screw screw that guy. Bob Nightingale. And then uh, on Halloween I ended, I added uh, Brandon Kinsler. Um, <laughs> you know, that guy, he, you're selfish, Brandon Kinsler. The Cubs decline your $10 million option like, hey, you know, we're not going to pay you that because you suck. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take my player option, so I'm still on the team. I so, hope that dude has a killer year. I'm hoping the Cubs – I've heard rumors the Cubs are trying to sh- um, shop him, so that would be nice. But they're going to have to eat some of that contract then, right? I mean, $5 million. Somebody, somebody in the MLB just man up and take – it's $5 million, okay? The Cubs are pushing the luxury tax already before they signed Bryce Harper. And somebody just, just – they're just going to yeah. eat a bunch of money, I think, this summer. Cause they were – Thanks, Theo. Kinsler, whatever. Um, but speaking of bad contracts and um, teams that, you know, have dished out too much money to certain players and now it is a definite dumpster fire, um, the Chicago Blackhawks mm. um, tied themselves up a lot with, you know, the salary cap in the NHL is tough, but – tied themselves up in some places where, um, you know, they didn't need to be. And um, Joel Quinville fired um, yes, yesterday. Is that when it was? It's been – I mean, it's been that sad that I don't even remember what it was. But, um, Stan Bowman got rid of Joel Quinville, the best coach in Chicago Blackhawks history. And um, from where I stand, Stan, Stan Bowman sucks. So, Jerry, I'm I just going to let you take it. Yeah, no. Honestly, like – not to sound over emotional, but I know, you know, these sports teams are super important to us. And, um, you know, hockey wasn't that big. Let's not like lie to ourselves. Hockey wasn't that big in Chicago until mid late to early two thousands, whatever. And, you know, I think Quenville was a huge part of that. And honestly, it's like I said, it sounds lame, but it almost felt like a little breakup there after all, like the, everything he's done, um, and for the Hawks. So I agree with, I mean, I disagree heavily with this move for a few reasons. Um, first of all, with the principal, uh, Dre Liss and I talked about it. You know, you fire a coach in the middle of the season to send a message. Um, that's the new guy who's come in, had three years, four years, and hasn't done anything. You don't do that to the guy who's been there 10 years, took your team to the playoffs, nine straight years, three Stanley Cups, six years. Um, I think that's wrong. I don't, I, I think it's a horrible move. Um, it's no secret. The Hawks are on a demise and Quenville's not without blame for part of that. 
Um, he's a little old school in thought, but that said, you know, he is a huge reason this team was so successful. Um, so just a few, you know, facts about him. Like I mentioned, nine straight playoffs, uh, five conference championships um, in those nine <clears throat> playoff appearances. Overall record of 452-249-96. That's an incredible winning record. Um, and he was kind of just let go. The other thing is, kind of back to the principle, is you cannot convince me that if he comes back from that Canada tour, the three games in Canada, if he wins two, gets four or five points, hell, even three points, he's, he's fired. I don't believe that. And a coach who's done everything he's done for the Blackhawks should not be on the ropes like that. I think – What's again, Pat? I mean, the players aren't happy about it. Patrick Kane, um, it's pretty vocal about it, as he should be. I mean, that's his guy. I don't think it was the right move. I think the Hawks are really going to deeply regret this and uh, kind of suck to see such a successful franchise go down a whirlwind like this. I'm not sure if you guys have any other thoughts on it. I mean, my thing is, you know, I know you, you don't think it was fair, and obviously I don't either because Stan Bowman still sucks. Um, but I think I would have been more okay with it. Like, I wouldn't have been happy about it. But if, you know, they didn't make the playoffs at the end of the year and then, you know, you let Quinville go in the offseason. But to right. do, like, exactly. 15 games to, you know, Joe, Quin- Joe Quinville, like, that's not okay with me. Like, Stan Bowman is doing this completely wrong, in my opinion. I mean, am I, am I wrong for thinking that if he comes back with a few wins in Canada – Quenville's still here today, or, or I, no? I think you're right. Patrick, Patrick Kane right. said the same Patrick thing. Patrick Kane said the same thing. He was like, "I wish I didn't have the flu. I wish I was feeling better and could have played in those games. We would have won one or two of those, and this wouldn't have happened." Like, if your star player mm-hmm. is saying that, that that proves to me more than clearly enough that that this was a knee jerk reaction move. Either that, or they wanted to fire him in the off season, and John McDonough wouldn't let Stan do it. Because there's, and, there's no secret that Bowman and uh, Q didn't get along. They had their issues. Right. There were there were some arguments and uh, Q leaving the meetings when they traded Jalmerson. Like, it's no secret they had – there was a rift between those two. And I think McDonough probably prevented them from getting rid of him in the offseason. But if you're going to do that, like, like Jerry said, you don't, you don't go and, you know, make the focal point this future Hall of Fame coach right. by – giving him the ax in the middle of the season and, and not to mention you've now put this 33 year old first time head coach in an absolutely terrible position you yeah I, it's not fair to him either and no. I, i'm not a hockey guy but i mean it just seems absurd to me to like and this happens in a lot of sports but like you, you hear patrick kane's reaction and he's obviously your guy he's an mvp candidate you're in you're out um why would you make a move that is going to put that guy, your guy, in stress or you're making him upset? Like, I mean, it just doesn't seem like – I mean, like, maybe this, maybe I'm wrong for thinking that and maybe this is the LeBron effect and how much power these players have. But, like, maybe consult him a little bit before you make a, a move like that. And he's your guy and that good. And I don't know if you guys disagree with that, but I think there's mm-hmm. some impact there. No, I mean, there's so many different issues with this team now. It's so top-heavy. There's no middle ground. Uh, Drellis touched on it a few days ago with me. I mean, there's either – all these guys are either 20 years old or 39 years old, you know. There's no middle-of-the-pack, you know, prime guys. I mean, not not 
not Patrick Kane, of course, but you know what I mean. I mean, you have the Brent Seabrooks, and then you have the Yoki Harus. Completely different, top-heavy team. And that's nobody's fault but the management. Bowman's, you know, McDonough's. You know, it, there's so many issues. And I think Quenville, like I said, while he's part of the issue, was not the simple – that's not the simple fix. There's no simple fix to this, but he is not the biggest reason why this team is struggling. Yeah, you're not, you're not replacing the, uh, the head coach. You're not putting somebody else in that seat and seeing a big improvement. Like, yeah. they're not going to turn this around simply because of that change. And be, that should be that should have been for me and reason enough to not make this terrible decision. Um, and I don't have any of the numbers or specific names in front of me for it to be 100 percent accurate. But I'm if you go back and look at the way the bulk of the roster was constructed for the run of three cups in six years, I think it's something like 70, maybe 80 percent of those guys were brought in by Dale Talon. And you're now we're kind of like we're coming right up on the end of that era where you have those four core guys still. And now we're seeing what the rest of the roster looks like. That was all put together by Stan Bowman. And maybe he's not as good of a hockey mind as everybody was made, made to think initially. Yep. I mean, the, the trading of John Merson was absolutely ridiculous. The trading of a guy like Nick Letty, while he's not a world beater where he is now, I mean, you'd kill to have a guy like that right now to put in the middle of your defensive depth. Panarin. Uh, Panarin, that trade isn't looking like it's working out. So, I think they ruined you know, Sod too, not honestly. To, not to beat a dead horse or make it sound like Stan Bowman's the worst GM in hockey, because I think that'd probably be a stretch. But I think we're starting to kind of see maybe more of the reality of what mm-hmm. he actually is. And it was all brought on, brought on to himself by one big mistake move. Yeah. And – I got I got a couple of things. Just Ryan to touch on, you know, your point with consulting Patrick Kane. Like that's that's my worry here now is I know those guys are a little bit older, but um, this team, you know, Bowman didn't give him a give Quinville a chance when he didn't go get you know another defenseman or another um, a skater to you know pick up the back lines a little bit. And mm-hmm. I would have liked to you know maybe if this gets closer to the trade deadline and the Hawks are still fighting for that wild card spot, you know, go get a guy or two and, you know, use all that cap space that you got rid of these guys so you can have this, but Bowman just axed him now. Yeah. And now I'm concerned that, you know, Kane and Taves are, you know, they're that effort level. Like I don't see guys like that, not giving, you know, their best effort, but I mean, it's definitely going to discourage them and, that's not good. It's kind of the same situation with when Aaron Rodgers lost his quarterback coach and they didn't even tell him that that was going to happen. You know, you can't just do that to your superstars and guys who have, you know, made a name for themselves in your jersey. And um, I think Stan Bowman, you know, gets gets too much credit now. And, you know, I probably gave him – I know I gave him too much credit, but it's kind of like for me, um, like the Bill Self, Bruce Weber thing back – when, you know, Illinois back in 2005 when they went to the national championship, you know, Bruce Weber took him, took him to that national championship, but those were Bill Self's recruits. And then, like, Bruce Weber now, oh, he's this great coach. And then his recruits came in and they were terrible. And, you know, he's better at Kansas State. But it's just Bowman got credit for what somebody else did, and that's what, that's what gets me. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. You would hope that the, this team led by the Canes, Taves, Seabrook, Keith, will work for this uh, this new coach. I mean, the youngest coach in the NHL. 
Uh, you would hope that they can all be professionals. I don't doubt that they will be, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I think there is probably something to it when you have such a drastic change to from the oldest coach in the NHL to the youngest, just, you know, the dynamics there, you know, it's just a very different working relationship that they're going to have to get used to pretty quickly for there to be any semblance of being competitive moving forward this year. Yeah. I mean, do, do we think this turns into a little bit of a bull situation on Thibodeau's fired and Hoiberg came in with a veteran roster. I mean, do you think it can turn into that big of a dumpster fire as it did? Oh, with I hope not. All those I don't guys, think I mean, so because that Bulls team didn't really have anybody who was nearly as accomplished as the core guys on this Hawks team. I mean, you brought uh, in you brought in Rondo and D Wade with a young coach, like like however many years older Hoiberg was. And I mean, you look at this team and there's multiple guys that are older than this new Hawks coach multiple and I mean just oh, like right. the effect of that I think but the idea like with those Bulls teams I mean Rondo and Wade were coming in from elsewhere I think I think it does go a long way that the core guys and the guys who you know might have an issue with the coaching change they're gonna they're still extremely close with the front office and they have those relationships right. you know, very strongly built to this point right so I, I don't think it turns into nearly that big of an issue in terms of having like kind of stress or like internal strife off the ice. They don't have Jimmy Butler out there either. So they, they don't. So <laughs> that, that should be a benefit, but you know, it's a, that's kind of a good segue into the, the other team that calls the United center home. I mean, that, that whole building is just kind of a circus right now, but <laughs> Bulls, the Bulls just lost another one to the uh, Pelicans by, uh, by nine. Um, uh, you know, at this point we're kind of hoping for losses. This wasn't as competitive as a couple of the previous ones, but, it's you know one step closer to the number one pick right i mean yeah and maybe the the circus trips coming early this year to the united center because both these teams are you know a dumpster fire but i mean i don't i don't turn on the bulls very much just because you know i don't i don't care enough about the nba but competitive losses is is what i've been seeing and keep losing you know i was Stupid Zach Levine had to make that free throw the other night to win the game, but yeah, right. More times than not, you know, it's been it's been competitive losses, so I think that's good for the fans a little bit. You know, they're seeing this team um, develop before their eyes. Wendell Carter's looked a lot better since Skinner trashed him on the podcast. Um, uh, did I even trash him that bad? Because I don't know what where this is coming from. I think like, I said he didn't look great. Oh, he doesn't look great. Against, I don't know where playing he fits. against playing against Drummond. And somebody else. I mean, like I said, I don't know if he's a five yet. He needs to show me something that he can play a five. I don't know where he fits on this team. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever, sucks. Whatever. He's putting up double-doubles every night. Well, I'm just going to jump into my point then. I think the two (laughs) bright spots here are Levine and Wendell. Um, Oh, sure. And maybe Blankney. Blankney's decent off the bench here. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. Jabari played well tonight, but outside of that, Jabari's been very shaky. Um, but I think Levine, I've always liked Levine. I've always hoped he'd get here. It's been hard to kind of judge with his injury history. But uh, I think he's that 40-point game and everything he's done, was he averaging close to 30 here? Uh, he's he's pretty much shown that he can be a piece um, of the future, and we don't have to really worry about that. I think he's kind of living up to his – to, to that contract, which definitely doesn't look as bad. I think the biggest question here now, and I, Stacey King talks about it all the time, which scares the hell out of me, but he says he, – he 
like swears by once Dunn and Markin and Portis are back, this is essentially a playoff team. So I don't know. I mean, is it good that we're losing these games right now and they're competitive losses? Because when these guys do come back, the East is so bad. Um, you got the team teams like the Hawks, the Knicks, um, even the Hornets, I think are pretty poor. Um, there's four or five to six teams in the, in the East that are just brutal that I, the Cavs that the Bulls are just a hundred percent better than. So I don't, I don't know. I don't really know how to feel. I, I'm kind of just feeling out this Bulls season. So, I mean, I, yeah. I agree. I think, I think it's tough that, you know, these competitive losses are coming without their best players. So, yeah. right. Overall, I say overall goal for the Bulls this year are competitive losses, and and just consistent consistency and improvement from the young guys. I mean, that's all you can ask for from this team right now. And we're I think we're seeing that right now with Wendell, and then I mean Levine's been nothing short of great in my opinion. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, I mean, right. So. I, I think it's right where the Bulls, we where Bulls fans want them to be this year. We're not winning yeah. the championship this year. And and I think what we might have to settle for, which us Duke guys aren't going to like to hear, is Oof. they're not going to get a top five pick. Sure they are. And it might be somewhere in the middle road, but like like um, we just explained there is it needs to be those competitive losses and the constant improvements. But I, I really do think if these guys stay healthy and Dunn and Marketing can stay healthy, this could be a team that slips into that – nine to seven spot in the east but see that's the thing is that like if that's the case or it gets to the point where that might be a reality that decision is going to have to be made in my mind in the next week or two Lori's going to be coming back here in the next week or two that to me that has to be a decision that is kind of decided is almost immediately when he comes back because either you have to figure out how you're going to lose games without the commissioner looking at you like, hey, like you're not allowed to sit these guys, or you're actually going to have to go all out and try to make the playoffs in the for the purpose of getting all these young guys' playoff experience. Because it, well, yeah. does, it does them no good to end up being the 14th or the 15th pick in the draft. They're, they're well, not- that's what I'm – that's what I'm kind of saying is how not to cut you off, but like how are they going to go about like this tanking process once these guys start coming back and they're having competitive losses? You add Laurie to some of these games, or Portis, or Dunn, and a true point guard. Uh, I mean, not maybe not true point guard, but better than Cameron Payne point guard. Like scenario. it's going to be hard. Scenario, yeah, yeah, it's going to be hard to see them losing. Them to start three and nine, and so when you start that poorly because of these unexpected injuries. That's why, right. you know, you find yourself in this kind of precarious situation and it's extremely unfortunate, but I mean, what do you really do if Laurie comes back and they start playing a little bit better and then Dunn comes back, but you maybe have already dug yourself too far of a hole to come back and actually make that playoff push, you know, and, that, and that's the worst case scenario is for them to find themselves in that kind of no man's land. So that's, right. you know, I don't care which route they go. I'll I'll be watching when I watch for the same reasons of hoping that Laura, uh, Levine gets thirty a night and, and things like that. So yeah, we'll, we'll kind of have to see what happens. I think their alpha is going to come, which is kind of what I was getting to. Their alpha is going to come from most likely a free agent signing rather than getting a top three pick. And I mean, I think the only way they get a top three pick is if they give up on one of these core pieces and trade up. Give it up. We want RJ. <laughs> right, AJ? 
I, I mean, based on last night, I would not be upset about that. He's lucky, that's though. How, that's not what I heard. Yeah, you guys uh, did a real good job. <laughs> that real nice. Um, AJ doesn't like RJ Barrett because he's left-handed. That's fake news. <laughs> he doesn't. Th- he doesn't think RJ Barrett can be good. He can't be good because he's left-handed. Even though James Harden's pretty good, but he won the MVP last oh, year. Oh God, we don't need a guy like James Harden. We already oh, have enough man. guys who don't play defense. <laughs> <laughs> RJ Barry plays defense. RJ Barry plays defense. Um, but you know, there's also another team in Chicago that's kind of a dumpster fire in the middle of November and it scares me a little bit. Um, that's that's the Cubs. You're gonna um, label them as a dumpster fire? Yeah, right right now I have changed in the last ten years because this is far from what we used to consider a dumpster fire. Right. I mean, I guess this is like a I don't know, what's what's a nice dumpster, but is it, a, um, is it a dumpster fire though, or is it just Theo and Jed not releasing information? I think they have a plan. I they think know it's Theo. Gonna yeah, I'd be shocked if they don't have a plan. I'm I'm sure they have a plan, but I think Theo and Tom Ricketts are butting heads right now. Honestly, I think the reports coming out are a little bit like Theo's never in his. Uh, how many years has he been here? Five, six years. Yeah. Has never like released any information about free agents and like Jason Hayward that came out of nowhere. Nobody had anything on that besides me. I said they should sign him. Um, my bad on that. Um, but now all of a sudden, like they're just leaking everything. I think it's kind of like maybe Theo, hey Tom, you know, look at this. These people are pissed because we're not going to spend any money because you won't give me any money. But then Tom's over here, like, we'll look at the last, you know, big guys you signed and Hayward and Darvish and Tyler Walkwood. Uh, so I think there's a little bit of a butting head going on there. But, you know, Tom Ricketts and Theo are not, you know, Stan Bowman level, obviously, or Reinsdorf right. and that stuff. But I also think the Cubs are, you know, putting Joe Madden on notice more than they already have with the – I don't have a problem with the lame duck manager thing, you know. I Joe might even retire. Who knows? Um, I think that's a good move. But I, I yeah, I don't mind it one bit. But neither do I, especially because it was brought up. I was reminded of it the other day. Theo Epstein went into his last year when his first contract ended. He didn't have an extension prior to that. They did that extension after that season ended. So if he can go and do that, there's no reason that the manager can't. Right, and you know like talking about Chili Davis and Jim Hickey, like Theo fired um, Chris Basio and John Melee because Joe didn't like them and went out and got Joe's guys and Chili Davis, um, you know, just wasn't the right fit for the Cubs. Like I'm sure I believe in hitting the ball the other way and situational hitting, but that wasn't the guy for this team. And Jim Hickey and Joe Madden are, like, best friends. So, yeah, let's go get him. And, you know, people don't like Jim Hickey. And I don't like Jim Hickey. I, I think he's a douche. But I don't actually know him, so I'm sorry. But so <laughs> the reports are now that they're going to get rid of him. And I think it's showing to Joe, like, hey, your guys didn't work. You're a lame duck manager. If you don't win us the World Series next year, you're gone. And now I have my guys in here already, and I don't have to start over again next year. I, but, yeah, I don't think that's too crazy. Um, but I also think the, you know, kind of the back and forth, like sharing of information and then other things not being expressed, like what they're doing with the coaching staff. 
I, I almost like at least on in both side, sides of town, that's kind of a similar happening. I mean, the south side, you know, they just announced the other day that Renteria was extended a while ago. That was ago, weird. And they didn't announce it. So, like, I don't know if that's a trend throughout baseball where information is being either shared ex- explicitly or like completely hidden. And then there being some confusion between those two sides, or if that's just kind of a Chicago thing that's going on right now, I'm not really sure. Um, but I, I'm going to side along the uh, or go along with the side that Theo and company have a plan in place because they've done nothing to this point to show that they haven't had a plan in previous years. So as yeah. frustrating as it is to not know, I, I think they're going to have it figured out. Here. I'm I guarantee they have a plan. I I mean their plans haven't always worked um, free agent signing wise, but honestly, like the media has got to stop. I know that's their job, but like stop with the, the Cubs aren't spending. And then Theo goes out and says, yeah, we're going to have an aggressive off season. Like just was that every- Dave Kaplan that reported yeah. that. Yeah. And Dave he, Kaplan did it, sucks. A, he did it without a source. He claims like, like Oh, I got these high end sources that are telling me they're not doing anything. Well, those sources, told you Chris Bryant turned down a $200 million extension this year. That's not true. Like Chris Bryant turned down a $200 million extension last after, what was it? After the world series, like after he won the MVP, fine, bet on himself. I'm, you know, I guess I don't have any sources either. So Kaplan and I are kind of in the same boat because I don't <laughs> think he really has sources, but Cody Kaplan, Cody Kaplan. I'm like 90% sure Chris Bryant didn't turn down a $200 million extension going through a shoulder injury because that would not be the smartest move, Chris. Right. But that would also be Scott Boris move. Cause Scott Boris is you know, the most powerful man in the world, basically. Um, but I want to talk, you know, quick before we get into a little, little new game we got. Um, sound if, guy, sound guy, Ryan, if, um, so if Jim Hickey is fired, which Jesse Rogers um, is, you know, all signs point to yes. I listened to him talk a few times today, uh, went through his Twitter. Who should the Cubs bring in? And there's speculation that they haven't done this, like fired him yet because Theo wants the um, Giants pitching coach who was his pitching coach in Boston in 2011 before that thing got burned to the ground. But the Giants haven't had – GM, so there's no boss for Theo to ask permission to talk to the pitching coach. And, you know, I don't love that move. He's been with the A's, um, and then he went to the Red Sox for a year, and then back to the A's, and then to the Giants for this year. And I, I mean, I'm not looking up stats, um, so I don't know how good the Giants pitching staff was this year. I'm going to assume it wasn't great because they finished in last place or close to last, I guess, the Padres are over there. Um, but I don't I don't think I'm going to love that move. Um, I'm going to throw a name at you guys that is not remotely likely at all. But what about Greg Maddox? I'd love that. Kyle Hendricks would love that. Kyle, Kyle Hendricks would love that. I'm pretty sure John Lester would love that. Like, you know, a, a guy in Greg Maddox who is an absolute bulldog on the mound. Like, John Lester is a bulldog. That's what he does. Um I don't know about Quintana and Darvish if they would love that, but you know what, Darvish, I don't really care what you would love. As long as um, Darvish's translator loves that, that's all that matters. <laughs> right. I could be wrong here. Isn't Maddox known as one of like the best 
mechanically sound pitchers of all time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's yeah. like ninety three, and that was that. Also, like goes on my point with, um, you know, why maybe you know, let's talk to. I don't know if Greg Maddox would even be interested in coaching at all, or you know, if you want to try him out in the minor league level first. I don't know what he's been doing, um, but Tyler Walkwood complained about you know mechanics was his issue this year and. Jim Hickey, he didn't say, you know, Jim didn't fix me, but I don't think anybody could have fixed Tyler Chatwood. But if anybody can help with mechanics, it's it's got to be Greg Maddox. It's... Yeah, I, I would agree. And I'll throw a, a similar kind of idea where I'm not even sure if he would be interested in coaching and maybe it would make more sense if they brought him in as just sort of like a pitching consultant type role is Kerry Wood. I mean, he's already involved with the organization in certain aspects. Lives in Lake Geneva. I would yeah, love he's on the team. Um, yeah, I think having him involved in some capacity, you know, the fans would obviously love it. And I mean, he's another guy that I think could relate to a lot of the guys that are on this current staff and just try to kind of hit the reset button for that part of the organization. Okay. I just looked up um, Greg Maddox, what he's doing now. So the Cubs hired him in 2010. He was a special, he was an assistant to Jim Hendry. Um, and then he was the pitching coach for Team USA in the World Baseball Classic in 2013. Um, so obviously he has, you know, pitching coach experience with guys at the highest level. Um, then he was a special assistant for the Dodgers. And now in 2016, he is the pitching coach for the University of Nevada. What? So bring him in. Let's, let's take a step up, Greg. You want to be the pitching coach for the Cubs? Um, Deep Dish Sports wants you. Yeah, we'll offer we'll uh, we'll offer him the contract. I do like Kerry Wood though. I mean, I'm I'm a big Kerry Wood fan. Um, I heard Kerry Wood likes to party. He's, He's my big... favorite player as a kid. Yeah. Kerry Wood can come party with us. <laughs> you want to come party with the deep dish sports guys, Kerry? We'll we'll have you on the podcast sometime. Um, we'll get you a slice. I like that idea. One idea that like I was you know I'm over here just throwing names out to myself because that's what I like to do. Um, Mark Pryor, I absolutely do not want. I think that guy's career was ruined by great mechanics, shitty mechanics. So <laughs> um, that's probably the last guy. I mean, the Dodgers, you know, go ahead. He's your bullpen coach, whatever. Um, you can keep him. You know, thanks Mark Pryor for almost winning the Cy Young and not taking us to the World Series. Um, but one other thing is uh, – the assistant hitting coach job is now open because um, Andy Haynes left to go to Milwaukee to be their hitting coach. Um, screw you, Andy. But, you know, the, it hasn't been filled, so a name I want to throw out there, Sammy Sosa. Bring him back. Tom Ricketts, I'm going to call you out right now because it's not as much Theo as it is Tom for just not letting Sammy even back in the organization. Like, this guy gave Chicago – up until now, the most fun summers, you know, we've ever seen. Like, that guy was electric. He's hitting 66 home runs. He didn't take steroids. It's not proven. He cooked his bat once, whatever. Let him he didn't take anything. steroids in the U.S. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, until you tell he's, he's innocent until proven guilty is the way I see it. He corked his bat, whatever. So, he probably hit a couple more home runs with that thing. I mean – Stop, like, let's stop shunning him like, you know, he's the worst person in the history of Cubs baseball. Like, Alex, that's Alex Gonzalez. I hate that guy. <laughs> he's so lucky Steve Bartman did that. But 
I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest, Cody. Like, I love the optimism with Sammy. I'd love for him to be back. There's just no chance. Oh no, he's not coming. No chance he's coming back. What about? But like a realistic option. What about bringing Hinsky back? That I today I heard Hinsky is a possibility, um, and Krista Norfia got interviewed for it. What? Which I don't actually love. But I, Kristen Murphy is in the organization right now. He's some kind of a special assistant, um, which okay. is also makes me think about Ryan Dempster as the pitching coach. I would like that. I'm a big Dempster I would be fan. okay with that. Um, yeah, that would, that would mean he could go up to the booth and do his Harry Carey seventh inning stretch more often. <laughs> that would be funny if he just left the dugout to go would up there. Let the coaches sing the seventh inning stretch. I wouldn't mind Hinsky. Um, is he the hitting coach for the Angels? Like, is he the head guy over there? He, I think he got fired. Did he get fired? I think that's why he was an option was that he got fired. So unless he gets an, a head-hitting coach offer, I think he would be a decent option. Yeah, I mean, if he – There's some familiarity there, If he too, did get fired. Guess. I didn't know that he got fired, so that would make a lot more sense. Um, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that was, that was why it was I was going to say, I don't know if he would want to, you know – be an assistant hitting coach if he already has a head job, but I wouldn't mind that. I'm a, I'm an Eric Hinsky fan. Um, please don't bring in like Kevin Euclid or something like that. That guy, just no. I, he's a, he I heard fit. he's a douche. I heard he's a douche. I, I heard he's a douche too from you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's you know that's that's enough ranting about the Cubs for me. I, they're really the big filler of my basket of emotions tonight um but let's play let's play a little game here let's do it real quick since free agency started up um the gm meetings are right now nothing's really going on that's more of a talk about rules and you know maybe maybe a few trades here and there i think mike zanino is about to get traded to the rays actually um but let's play a little game we're gonna we're gonna call this free agent roulette um Ryan, our sound guy, is going to spin the wheel, and whatever um, free agent it lands on, you know, we'll each give a a quick prediction on where we think they're going. So, um, Ryan, you got to spin it, and obviously you're going to tell us who the free agent is. All righty. Here we go. Ryan, spin that thing. The first one we have is Patrick Corbin. Oh, best pitcher on the market right now? Probably. Um, AJ, I'll let you go first. Um, he's a guy I haven't really been following a whole lot or you know reading up on any sort of rumors or anything. Um, so I'm going to kind of take the easy way out probably and say that the Yankees might throw him, throw him some cash. They always seem to get their uh, – their hands in on the top names one way or another. And uh, I think they could use some pitching. So I'm going to go Corbin to the Yankees. Corbin to the Yankees. Jerry, do you want to talk about Patrick Corbin? I know you don't, you don't love Patrick Corbin. Yeah, I'm honestly not, haven't followed him too much <laughs> on the agency market. Um, but give us a wild guess. Um, who need, I mean, everyone needs pitching, right? Uh, maybe uh, Philly. They're looking to make a big splash. Sure. So them. All right, Skinner. Um, yeah, EJ kind of stole my thunder there. I'm gonna go with the Yankees. Uh, they obviously need pitching, 
and I think he's a good fit there. He just sounds like a Yankee to me. I'm I'm gonna go different because you know the Yankees just seem so obvious. Um, I'm gonna go Pirates. They they traded Garrett Ooh. Cole. They just and got then got Chris Archer. So another one. They gonna get another one. I mean, Chris Archer stinks. Yeah, true. <laughs> so it wasn't lo- too long ago. I think that at least one or two people Shane. on this podcast wanted him in the Cubs. Me. <laughs> yeah. I wanted Stroman. Shane wanted Archer. I wanted Stroman more than Archer, but I would. Oh, I want Stro Show still. I st- yeah. I would love Stro. Get. You know, they can take whoever they want besides Lester. And you can take Darvish. You can take Q. Give me Stroman. They ain't going to drop Stroman for Darvish. Sure, why not? <laughs> we'll throw in a few prospects, too, and some money. Um, all right, spin that thing. Let's go to number two. Number two. This thing's Mario-like. <laughs> Um, let's go. We got Manny Machado. Ew. Ew. Gross. Jerry, you go first. I know you know enough about him. Yeah, no. I, I'll, <laughs> tell you one, I'll tell you where I don't want him to go is 100% the Cubs. I don't think, I think Cody, you're big on talent and whatever, which is fine. I respect that argument. Uh, I don't think he, I don't think the Cubs need him so bad. Um, there's serious talk about him going to the South side. So I'm going to stick with, uh, deep dish sports teams here. And I'm going to go with the white Sox. They need some, they need some exciting down there. You're welcome uh, for starting that rumor on there without him. So I'm going white Sox. I started that rumor by the way. <laughs> um, Skinner, go ahead. Um, I don't know. I'm a little torn on this one. I think he ends up either depending on what the Cubs do. Um, I don't think he's a Cub, but if the Cubs throw money at Bryce, I think the Phillies are going to be inclined to throw that much more, more money at Manny. But I still think there's a strong possibility he ends up back in the uniform. Okay. That's a little different. I'm a little, AJ? little, little torn. Yeah, so the whole White Sox thing, I mean – of the two, because they, they apparently they're making a run at him and Harper. That, of the two, yeah, Manny no. makes more sense to me because he's come from a place where he was playing in front of very few fans on a bad <laughs> team, so he might be comfortable. In We're that a series. non-biased podcast, by the way. Yeah, right. Um, but I really just don't see that happening. I don't think he's a Cub, but I feel like if any of these big-name guys come to the city of Chicago, it's not to play for the White Sox, and that's just reality, I think. Um, I, I also think, along with Skinner, that he is more likely to end up back with the Dodgers than anywhere else, uh, mainly because I don't think he could handle playing in front of a sports fan uh, fan base that is as rabid as the Philadelphia fans are. I just don't think he fits in there. Um, so I'm going to go that he's back in L.A. Two L.A.s. Wow, that surprised me that you guys both picked L.A., actually. Um, and then I'm, I'm going to stick with Jerry because <laughs> I'm going to take credit for starting this rumor. I mean, I saw it a few times, but I'm pushing it. I think um, Manny is going to go to the White Sox. I think, you know, some stadium guys – Stadium will still be empty. Stadium will still be empty because Michael Kopech's hurt, and that's that's um, that's the moneymaker right there. I'm excited to see him, actually. But, um, you know, some guys, when they hit the market, it's about money, and other guys, it's, you know, a little bit of money and then a little bit of winning. I think Manny's just a straight douche, and – I think if you hand him 
a blank check, which the White Sox probably are going to do and say, fill it in. He's, I'm in, you know. I don't I don't care about winning. I'm about money. And, you know, maybe this team does turn in. I'm not saying the White Sox won't start winning because, I mean, they're looking like they're going to with the prospects they have. But, you know, Manny going into an unsure situation, I don't think he cares because he's a douche and he's just going to take his money. So, spin the yeah. wheel. I don't want to talk about this guy anymore. I hate I him. think you make a strong point there. I think he goes where the money's at for sure. But – he He's comes more wheel. likely to go straight money. I agree. Shh, wheels coming. <laughs> I love the wheel. We have Marwin Gonzalez. Cubs. I I don't know what I thought you were gonna say there, but it wasn't Marwin Gonzalez when you said. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say like Mark Melanson. I was like, well, what are we doing? Why is he on our <laughs> list? Um. AJ, since you're coming right out with it, go ahead. I, I would love to see him on the Cubs. Um, I was big on the, the Harper and Machado thing early on. Obviously, would still love to get Harper if it works out that way. But I think the idea of maybe going for the kind of quality and quantity, so like a handful of solid guys as opposed to the one big-time splash that's going to cost an arm and a leg might be the better option for the Cubs. So I'm uh, – I'm going to say that Theo makes a little more of a prudent money move and brings in a kind of additional Swiss Army knife to the team, Marwin Gonzalez, Cubs 2019. What what makes you so attracted to him? <laughs> He's cute. <laughs> he, I mean, the guy can play several positions. He, he always – it seems like he always has quality at bat and knows how to handle the bat really well. Um, I'm, I'm a big-time Marwin Gonzalez, the Cubs guy. Uh, I'm anti Marwin Gonzalez. <laughs> Uh, I agree with AJ's approach <laughs> with bringing in multiple um, weapons. I don't think. I mean, well, it depends on the price, I guess. I shouldn't. I shouldn't cancel him out completely. Um, but for the right price, I'd take him. I don't think he's that valuable. Cubs don't need him that bad. So if he comes here, great. Um, if he doesn't, I mean, my heart won't be broken about it. I love so when Jerry and AJ have. Do you have a different prediction, or are you just going to disagree with me? <laughs> Apparently, he's just going to disagree with me. <laughs> I love when they fight. It's my favorite. Uh, uh, Skinner? <laughs> Go ahead. Um, yeah, I mean, I know I get the I get the Cubs love a little bit. Um, kind of, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be wouldn't be heartbroken if he doesn't end up at Cub. Um, I've, I've been seeing a lot of twins. Um, really? Yeah. I have seen that a few times. Ew, what are the twins doing? Yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know if he's just kind of that veteran presence to kind of come in. He won with the Astros, obviously, and kind of just shape some of those young guys there. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say that he doesn't end up a Cub. I think it's more likely that they bring in uh, bring back Murphy or they figure out the Addy situation rather than bringing this guy in. And I think there's just too many pieces to add him as well. So you're going twins? So I'm going to go decided? with the twins. I'm going to okay. go with the twins. Um, I'll give you I've an actual been, prediction. <laughs> I've been sitting over here just trying to debate on what team I want to pick because I have no idea where Marlon, Marlon Gonzalez is going to go. Um, so I'm just going to say the Rockies because – I saw that actually. Really? Good for me. The twins, Rockies, and Cubs are the three I saw. I mean, yeah. I I'm just going to say the Rockies because I have no idea and – um, he can play everywhere, and DJ Mayhew's gone. Maybe he can fill in at second there. I don't. I don't know. Um, Is DJ gone for sure? No, but 
I'm assuming uh, maybe they bring him back. I don't know. I mean, Gold Glove. Yeah, he shouldn't have won that. Colton Wong should have won that. But, um, yeah, I'll say Rocky. So let's let's do one more. Let's let's spin that thing. I wonder who it's gonna be. (laughs) (laughs) We don't rig this in any way. Uh, DJ the Mayhew. No, oh, just kidding. Oh, Bryce wait, Harper. what? <laughs> <laughs> that was, I wasn't ready for that. I mean, DJ. Bryce Harper. All right. Um, who wants to go first? Okay, don't everybody jump at once. <laughs> Jerry. All right, fine. I'll go. I'll, okay. <laughs> we need an actual uh, prediction, though. Actual prediction. Jerry fell asleep. I fell asleep. Kidding. Um, <laughs> He's not kidding. I am not. I am. I'm stating this right now. I am not anti Bryce to the Cubs, but I am more pro multiple weapons that can help fulfill the Cubs overall. But you didn't want Marlon Gonzalez. I don't think he's that great, honestly. Um, okay, but if you so you playoff performer Marlon Gonzalez, you say multiple weapons though. If you add Bryce Harper, doesn't that give the Cubs just that much more flexibility when you have that? staple in right or left field with wherever they decide to put him. Yes. What, what, no, what do you mean? How does that add? How does one player mean more weapons? I'm talking the whole team. Bullpen, starting pitch. Okay, but like, pitch they're going to have mean, to trade Hap or Amora or some Addy or whoever to get bullpen pieces. They're, they're going to have to move somebody. I mean, there's going to be more than just Harper coming in if that's the case. They have to right. move an outfielder. And so that part is one part of it for me also is, you know, I don't want to see this team spend all this money on Bryce. And then when these young players are up for huge contracts, Cubs have no, I know, whatever money's not an issue. TV deal coming in. I know. I understand that, but money ain't a thing. Hey, relax, Jerry. (laughs) We got Javi to pay Rizzo, Bryant, Potentially Wilson Contreras. Yeah. I'm, I'm an EO on Wilson Contreras right now. Yeah, he's not getting a big time extension I unless he hits 30 home runs this potentially. year. Potentially. <laughs> he hit like hey, 12 this year. Jerry, I'm going gonna, gonna to need you to change your tone with us right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but if I'm picking where Bryce is going, I'm going Phillies again. Um, they're a few pieces away from, I think, being serious contenders. Um, Multiple pieces? Deep into things. <laughs> What's that? Multiple <laughs> weapons or just one single piece or what? <laughs> um, he's following like their mascot and the players on on Instagram. Send little I hints. hate that. He's like, a, he's like a high school girl like that, though. Yeah, well, Bryce Hyper wears bulls hats. He bought a house in New Wrigley. York. So if anybody, if we want to go with like what trumps everything, I'm thinking buying a house trumps following Reese Hoskins he on Instagram. His dog Wrigley, that trumps the house. The Yankees said they're not even pursuing Hyper. It's not for the Yankees. It's for the Mets, apparently. What? Yeah. Anyways. Can you guys stop saying the word Trump around AJ? (laughs) This is not a political podcast. (laughs) Um, All right. I'm going to jump in after Jerry. All right. Fine. Uh, You go. Whatever. I I didn't want to go. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, I'd love him on the Cubs. Um, I I still have have the occasional dream of Bryce Harper standing in the outfield in the Cubs pinstripes. Um, but I'm going to say it's more likely that he goes back to Philadelphia or goes back to Washington, back to Philadelphia, Philadelphia, uh, with the Cubs as a close third, or maybe like two B option. Um, is that funny? I don't know. I don't know what I was going to (laughs) say. Cody Cody Um, and Ryan and Trey. 
what is how, okay first of all two part question for all three of you oh boy this is um, gonna hurt my brain <laughs> <laughs> how much do you a how much do you think he's gonna get paid per year and two what is so is that attractive about him second part of the question that's a clown question bro we're not answering it <laughs> first, first part of the question is he's probably gonna get somewhere between 30 and 35 oh, on an actual value right uh, yeah I would agree with that um, he's had one season of 100 RBIs or more. Okay. You want me to? If you want me to get to the second part of your question, yeah, it's <laughs> it's honestly might make this podcast run a little long because there's just so many reasons why you take a superstar like that. First off, he's just turned 26 years old. Okay, he's been a top five player in baseball for the last three, four years. I mean, he might have been just outside that when he when he was 21, 22 even. Um, I know he's had, you know, he kind of goes from I'm going to hit 330 to I'm going to hit 250. The next year I'm going to hit 330 again. But he's already won an MVP at 26. Um, his OBP was 393 His OBP is ridiculous because people are terrified of him. I wish he wouldn't pull off so much on a swing. Like, I'm just confused how a guy is so good and he pulls off like that. But that's Cody hitting coach coming in. Um, but you put him in a lineup like where he's not protected by Ryan Zimmerman, which is gross. It was so, good for a year, like, maybe. But... Yeah, I mean, last year Ryan Zimmerman was really good, but they still didn't make it out of the NLDS thanks to Wade Davis. Um, but you put him in a lineup where Chris Bryant's in front of him and Anthony Rizzo's behind him. Like people are going to start having to pitch to Bryce Harper and Bryce Harper went from, you know, this three thirty hitter, then Joe Madden ruined him because he got impatient because people weren't throwing him strikes. You know, like when people didn't throw Barry Bond strikes, he didn't swing at it. And then when they threw him a strike, he hit over the fence. Like Bryce Harper started chasing a lot. So, but he still had the league in walks this year. Right. He leads the league in walks and he chases pitches. Like, nobody – I mean, Javi chases more pitches. But, anyways, he goes from, you know, a lineup with no protection to maybe, you know, you put him in Philly, Reese Hoskins is behind him, or you put him in Chicago and Rizzo and Brian are around him and Baez. Like, they're going to have to come in the zone to him. And now he's hitting 40 home runs. You know, you put him in – um, with the White Sox, there's there's not a lot of protection there right now. There will be with Eloy, so I don't think he would succeed as much there as he will in Chicago, but this is a once-in-a-generation talent, power-wise, average-wise. White Sox no. are in Chicago. No, they're not. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're a Northwest Indiana franchise. Oh, okay. so, so, Cody, I, Cody, I agree with you. Average-wise, I mean, I mean, power-wise, yes. I mean, there's no denying this guy's power. He's had two good seasons, average-wise, hitting. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, you also, like... But what's his on-base? His on-base, like, he, he takes so many walks. Four, si- so 460 walks. is MVP year, 373 the next year. 460. Okay, so let's talk about that. Like, he's 26, so most guy, like, we're looking at his age, you know, he started when he was 18, but we're looking, like, 21 to 24, like, guys aren't even in the big leagues at that point. This guy's winning an MVP. He hasn't hit his prime yet. 
and he, yeah, now he's going to hit his prime. Like this guy's got an MVP and he's not even in his prime. You know, he's not, I mean, he's not Mike Trout. Mike Trout is probably going to go down as the greatest baseball player of all time, but Bryce Harper's a twice in a generation talent since Mike Trout's here too. But Jay, what is your, what is your knock on this guy? Why do you not just think his, he's worth the money? Like, okay. Like I said, if the Cubs sign him, I'll be happy. I am just, I don't think selling the house for this guy is worth it. In my opinion. You have a is lot it, of young is it selling the house though when we're printing money? Supposedly, <laughs> we correct. It would be like they're selling like the the outhouse attached to the lawnmower, the, <laughs> the outhouse attached to the guest bedroom. Who has outhouses? That's what I'm saying. It would be yeah. <laughs> but I mean, people are going to knock his his defensive metrics this year, and I honestly I read something and I believe it that he didn't you know, go balls out for diving for balls. And, you know, he hyperextended his knee two years ago, slipping on a base. Like he didn't go balls out because he's going to be a free agent and Washington was already out. So why, you know, people might knock that and like, I don't like that he does that, but I mean, he's also kind of looking out for himself a little bit when he had nothing to play for. So. And here's the other thing. I think that Washington, not to cut you off Cody, but the Washington the last two years has been a mess. And, I mean, I think that definitely, like we talked about Patrick Kane and Jimmy Butler or whatever, I mean, I think that definitely alters the everyday mentality of a player. And I think Bryce, whether it's Chicago or Philly, or I don't, I don't think he ends up back in Washington. But I think his everyday mentality is going to be 100% different this next year. And, and you're going to see a different – you're going to see primetime Bryce or whatever, whatever you want to call that. For, for me, too, like, Last thing I'll say, because um, I told you I'm going to drag this on, but the new, like, thing in baseball, I'm, it's it's not new. You know, Ted Williams started it, but, it like, we got away from it for a while, and now it's back as launch angles and, you know, home runs and strikeouts are good. Like, strikeouts aren't a bad thing anymore because they shouldn't be, you know. If you're not going to take, you know, your most powerful swing um, and you can't drive the ball with two strikes, like, you're not doing your job, like, it's okay to strike out sometimes. And Bryce Harper, you look at his on-base percentage and his OPS. Like, we, you need guys to get on base and you need guys to hit doubles and home runs, and that's what Bryce Harper does. The average might not be there all the time. You know, some like one year he hit, you know, the 330. But if you got a guy who's going to drive the ball for you consistently and he's got that OPS that's way up there and that, that on-base percentage of, you know, 400 and that slugging percentage of 530 600 you know stuff like that like where we're getting climbing into unreal range like that's what Bryce Harper is going to bring to you starting you know started a few years ago but now he's 26 he's hitting his prime it's, it should only get better yeah I don't know I, I just I don't think he's that he's a good he's a phenomenal power hitter but when I think of pure hitters, I think of the Mike Trouts, Miguel Cabrera's, Albert Pools. I don't think he is at that level by any means in terms of a pure hitter. No, and so, I, I would agree. With, I mean, honestly, like Mike Trout is already one of the best baseball players of all time. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Albert Pujols, too. Like, Albert Pujols was fun to watch. And Miguel Cabrera is just special, man. Like, you, yep. you talk about a guy who almost won the triple crown and he can't get infield singles because he's slow. Like, this guy is so good that infield singles aren't even a part of his game that mind you the park he plays in yeah how many freaking how big that comerica park is i mean you know yep and i mean i would like to see you know 
Mike Trout in a different uniform soon. I think he's going to be in Philadelphia. But Philly. I guess I'll, I'll give you my prediction on Bryce Harper since I didn't actually do that. Um, I'm still going to go to the Cubs. Um, you know, I, I still have a lot of hope for that. I think Tom and Theo are, and uh, Jed are, you know, kind of covering it up a little bit. They want to see the market. They want to see what other teams say. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I heard this today that um, if Scott Boris comes in and says, this is where we're at. If you go up by, you know, $3 million, $4 million a year, he's yours. So I think they're just waiting it out. Um, Bryce Harper's OPS, by the way, he's been over – 1.0, which is unbelievable. He's been at 800 and then over 1.0 and then 800 again. So give me a guy who's, you know, getting on base 40% of the time and hitting 30 home runs and 30 doubles. And, you know, he's going to get overpaid because of the hype. I mean, I think everybody's overpaid. So David Price getting $217 million to throw a baseball. That's ridiculous. But um, let's – Let's wrap that up there. Um, Bryce Harper to the Cubs, no doubt about it anymore. Um, but let's let's do one of my favorite segments. Um, yeah, I'd, I'll just be a sound guy. I didn't want to pick, dude. Oh, you didn't go? Yes, you you went, didn't you? No, I didn't. Oh, <laughs> okay. Go ahead, pick. Um, I'll just keep it short and sweet. I think he's. My heart says Chicago, but I think he's a Philly. You wanted you made me like let you pick so you could. Break I just want to make you feel bad. I just want to make you feel bad. I mean, I do feel bad that I cut you off, but it's just because Jerry got me going. Like, <laughs> I actually enjoy the Bryce. Is Bryce Harper good enough for this amount of money debate? So, thank you for bringing that up, Jerry. Um, what I'm here for. I don't think he's um, worth that much money because I don't think anybody is besides Mike Trout. But I, I think I'm just crazed by Bryce Harper, and I would just love him to be on the Cubs. Um. So let's do let's do our dingus. Um, this week, I think we're gonna do something special with the dingus. We're gonna we're gonna put out a poll at the end um, on our Twitter after you got after the podcast gets out, and uh, you guys can vote for who you think was the best dingus, and then we can crown them, you know, dingus of the week or whatever we want to call them, and crown their ass. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So um... can I go first? And somebody's so excited over there. Go ahead. You can go first. So we don't skip um, you. Yeah, whatever. My dingus is going to be uh, my buddy. Um, you have skip a buddy? Drayless. Wait, yeah. wait. Is this another <laughs> thing where we're calling him our buddy? <laughs> because we all know him. <laughs> yeah. <we're> gonna act like... <laughs> Nobody's going to get that joke listening, but it's funny if you guys are wondering. <laughs> yeah, my buddy. Um, but yeah, Drayless, who we all know, but my buddy. <laughs> um. AJ decided to say two silly things within the last 24 hours. <laughs> silly is an understatement. Um, one being I'll start out with, which he says was just to get me Cody and Shane stirred up because we're Duke guys. And it works, by the way. But hold on. You said, you, said you, don't think, you don't think he's worth being a top three pick. Who's and he? you said that was a, RJ Barrett. Sorry. RJ Barrett. He said RJ Barrett isn't worth a top three pick. Doesn't know if he wants the Bulls to take him because he's a, a lefty. Um, but my problem with it is you argued this for like a solid 30 minutes. Who's drinking a, somebody drinking a beer? That was, that was, you know, the, 
the the original point was to get you guys all fired up and hot and bothered, which I did. I always get hot and bothered about it. It was simply just a well, Cody got real upset because AJ's Uh, a moron. (laughs) But the the more I thought about it, the more I thought about it, anybody that we would consider generational talents or anybody you might throw anywhere close to the best player in basketball, which is what you're hoping for when you make the first pick. It has not been left-handed. Yes, I understand that there's a far less number of people who are left-handed, but eighty percent, by I the way, thought was I think it was something I thought was interesting. I wanted to have a little bit of a discussion point on that, and you guys took it far too literally. And <laughs> if he ends up in the Bulls, I will be very pleased. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? I like to take things literally so I can argue with you. All right, let's leave it. Let's leave it there. The reigning MVP is a lefty. AJ's okay with RJ Barrett. Whatever, we'll get past that. The more serious issue is that AJ is convinced that Brandon Marshall would be a good pickup for the Bears. Oh, my God. I'm going to give one quick explanation of that. I think it's a very low, <laughs> it's a very low risk to no risk with potential high reward. No giving reward. a big body. Uh, There's no reward. There's no reward. We have Adam Shaheen coming back, and he can be that big body you're about to be a moron if you, if you <laughs> mention him <laughs> but uh, no seriously like oh, how much better is brandon marshall than adam shaheen like brandon marshall is 37 years old however old he is i mean he's he's washed up he has had locker room issues and every team he's been at except for seattle because he's barely in seattle so <laughs> didn't have time to have a locker room right issue. i mean I just I just don't see this low ri- there's there's a risk there. And I mean I don't think you can put anything at risk with Mitch right now. And I don't think they have locker room issues, at least on the offensive side of the ball. I think everybody's pretty even keel. Um and it's a cool locker room. High, cool high as a character, cucumber. High character guys. And I don't know if Brandon Marshall's a high character guy. I don't hate the guy, but just there's a lot going on with the guy. Take Take even just his character away, because I know AJ will argue that he was unfairly judged till he's blue in the face, which is fine. I won't even argue that. (laughs) (laughs) From a tactical standpoint, Brandon Marshall does not fit this offense. Therefore, I agree with you, Ryan, that he's a risk in the locker room. Take that away. He He is not a fit for this offense. Therefore, there's not that big of a reward at all. And we we, have Alan Robinson. And he and he, and and just to touch on that really quick, is Allen Robinson isn't having this crazy awesome. I know he's been hurt, but when he does play, he hasn't had this wide wide receiver one stat line season, and that's because of his size and he doesn't really fit Matt Nagy's offense. Which Brandon Marshall is more of that and slower, and maybe a little bigger, maybe a little bigger, but like it's the same kind of style of play. It's that physical play that we're seeing Allen Robinson, a more talented player, not necessarily have the craziest success with. All right, so there's option (laughs) number one, Skip Drayless, moron. He went silent on that. Yeah, that's okay. We don't have all day. (laughs) We don't. This podcast is getting long, and we're sorry because we haven't been here for two weeks, so we have a lot to talk about. But I think he's um, admitting defeat. I'd like to think of it that way. Yeah, I mean, he's probably going to say relax again. <laughs> Anyways, Jerry, go ahead. Uh, I'll keep it short and sweet since we're running a little long here. Uh, my moron dingus of the week is Stan Bowman. Nothing else to say. 
Thank God you said that because I was hoping you would, so I wouldn't have to. Um, we all know why. Stan Bowman sucks. Screw that guy. Miss you, Q. Uh, miss you, Coach Q, already. Um, Jerry, you going on a mustache for Q or what? It is No Shave November. Yeah. So, why not? So, we have Stan Bowman as Dingus number two. AJ, go ahead. I'm going with uh, former NFL executive, current NFL analyst, I guess, or whatever he wants to call himself, Michael Lombardi, uh, who, by the way, was a miserable executive. I mean, he was working with for the Browns in 14 to 16, so we all know how that went. But he decided that it was his place to go out and talk poorly about not only the Bears, but their quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky, um, and pretty much call him out to the point where he's saying he's awful. He wouldn't buy Mitchell Trubisky or the Bears if they were on like a discount rack at a resale shop, like just went in hard on Mitchell Trubisky as not being the guy, Um, which, you know, you can have these opinions. People, there are people on both sides that think he's going to be great, that they think they're going to be bad, but just thought it was pretty rich coming from a guy who was running the Browns when they went winless. And then also just, again, it's far too early to be making any of these rash final decisions on the guy. So. What QBs did that guy bring in to Cleveland? I don't know, but they went, they went winless one year, so he couldn't have been very good. I don't remember. <laughs> I think it was John. Uh, I think it was Johnny. Hey, might have been, but, chill, uh, chill. but for that, Michael Lombardi, you are a dingus. Michael Lombardi, dingus number three. And, I will wrap it up real quick here. I had a long spiel about this guy, but I'm just going to do it real quick. My dingus is John Calipari. Um, I hate you, first of all. I hate everything about Kentucky. Um, cheater. You're a cheater. You. So, you know, the big thing for Cal is he's he's overrated. I've been saying that for years. He's an overrated coach. But, like, the one thing Good he recruiting. had was recruiting, and he was the best recruiter and all this stuff, and, you know, he never wins with them. He won with Anthony Davis, whatever. I could have won with Anthony Davis. Any of us could have. Um, and people will say, Coach K, well, he's only won once with his top guys. No, K's won, you know, four others besides the Tyus Jones year. So, um, just – You're going to call sh- it the Tyus Jones year? <laughs> yeah, because Tyus <laughs> Jones is my favorite player. Who do you want to call it? The Jaleel I mean, Jaleel? I don't know, Jaleel – Jaleel I mean, is, well, who was the most outstanding player of the Final Four, Ryan? Should have been Grayson. Who was the most outstanding player of the Final Four? Tyus. Thank, Thank you. Um, and John Calipari, you lost to Robert Morris in the NIT a few years ago. So, <laughs> like, you're just not even on the same planet as Coach K. But recruiting was your thing, and now um, Coach K has out-recruited and, you the last three years. And John Shire. And – Jeff Cable, not John Shire. Um, <laughs> but give, give Chicago so some love, and you just shut. It down. I did in my blog. If you guys go read that, sites on six. Um, so you lost out on recruiting. Now, now you don't have anything, and like it got put to the test last night. Here's Coach K's best recruiting class, John Calipari's number two recruiting class, and Duke made Kentucky look like a high school team. I mean, it was, it was. I was laughing bet the shots that RJ Barrett and Zion were making because Kentucky just, they couldn't hang with them. And I think that hurts Calipari even more when those top tier recruits now for next year are looking at that. And if you know, you're picking between Duke and Kentucky, well, look what Duke just did to them. So 
Calipari, you're a dingus for now. You can't even recruit better than Coach K. You can't do anything better. Anything better than Coach K. Um, what was that? <laughs> um, but also, you started playing zone with like 10 minutes left last night, down by 30. I get you're tr- probably trying to work on stuff because the game's over. But you started playing zone down by 30, so you just completely sold the game. Maybe it was smart. Maybe it got you out of there quicker. But John Calipari, I hate you. You're a moron. You're a dingus. So there's our four. Um, Ryan has Skip Drayless, who probably should win this week. Jerry gave us Stan Bowman. Uh, AJ gave us Michael Lombardi. Is that his name? Yep. And then I'll give you John Calipari. Um, and Bob Nightingale still a dingus. Don't worry. But let's let's finish on a positive note. We're going to bring in a new segment here. We're going to call it um, Earning Your Stripes. So basically the opposite of our dingus. We're going to give it to somebody who we think deserves praise this week. Um, we'll also put out a Twitter poll once the podcast comes out. You guys can vote for your favorite um, Earn Your Stripes guy, the guy or girl, I guess. We're not um, a sexist podcast. Who you thought um, earned their stripes and deserved it the most this week. So let's kick off the inaugural Earn Your Stripes with AJ. All right, I'm going to go with the uh, one of the few bright spots on the Bulls. We mentioned him a little bit earlier, uh, Zach Levine, just proving night in and night out that he can roll out of bed and get 25 on anybody. Um, so Wait, I, did you just take Skinner's? I... Yeah, what the <laughs> <laughs> Was that you? <laughs> yeah, it's whatever, uh, it's whatever. I, I, <laughs> no, I, I missed that. Um, you're yeah, not you're right, sorry. Not. Um, <laughs> but so definitely love what I've seen out of him so far. Um, and then one just last quick kind of shout out that can be a, uh, an additional earn your stripes, the, uh, the intro and outro music that you're going to be hearing on this podcast and all the episodes moving forward, um, was done an original piece by a, a good friend of the podcast, Brittany Bowman. So if you want to check out the Instagram, uh, Brittany Nicole Bowman, real talented artist out there in LA. So we're excited to have that as an addition here. Yeah, thank you, Brittany. We really appreciate it. We think we got some good music for you guys now. Uh, hopefully we can get that up for this episode, and, uh, you know, we'll we'll have that as our music going forward. Um, Jerry, who's your earn your stripes? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I can't <laughs> wait to yep. hear uh, Cody's Duke player every week in this, <laughs> on this segment. Not going to get old or boring at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> My earn your stripes is sorry. What a former enemy of this podcast, <laughs> uh, a friend of mine. Is he a buddy uh, of Kyle ours? Fuller, buddy. Um, Skip Drayless hates Kyle Fuller. I think that is an asinine take. <laughs> and, um, I'll tell you why. Skinner mentioned earlier leads the league in picks, fourth overall in passes defended in the NFL. He's always around the ball, makes nice plays because quarterbacks are targeting him because he's a bum. <laughs> he's got four AJ picks. from he's left lead. field. He's leading yeah, the league. No, we're not talking about his four picks. He should have five. He's leading the league. Whatever. He's got four, and it's first in the league. He's Whatever. so solid. I think he gets a bad rap. I'm a big Kyle Fuller guy. If I was a bigger jersey guy, I'd get his jersey, but he's my uh, earn the stripes of the week. And don't vote for Jerry's guy because he just tried to attack me before he made that pick. Um. <laughs> You sound like Coach K complaining on the sideline. Oh, um, like, what does he have to? God. Well, I'm not even getting into this with you. Go! I can't wait for Duke to play Michigan if Michigan, you know, makes the tournament because that's not always a given. Yeah. Um, Skinner, go ahead. 
Well, I, don't I mean, do you have one? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll figure one out here. Um, I'm gonna go not super recent, but within the last week, maybe a little, week and a half. Um, Derek Rose, sure. the guy that Ooh, guy that I'm super critical of um, throughout his career, and more because of what he says, not necessarily having any, anything right. to do with his Ryan injury history. I don't hate him. It's more just yeah. I don't think he's the best dude. And but I'm gonna give give him some stripes here. You're not Forward. the best dude either. That's true. I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not claiming any anything to myself. But uh he Chicago guy, give him give him some love. Um fought back from all the knee surgeries and injuries and dude put up fifty points and played an unreal game, was an emotional um post game interview. Uh just a really cool feel good story and everybody was super excited for him on the T Wolves and it was just kinda kinda awesome to see D Rose at that level again. Um. Yeah, I mean, bring him back. <laughs> oh God, bring him back. Yeah. I I really like that one. I'm a fan that you pick D Rose because you hate D Rose. Because I don't hate D Rose, and I and I can ass? drop my drop my hate. I'm not I'm not like you and AJ where I'm so stuck in my shit list. Um, sorry. Hey, I like my list. <laughs> so. Uh, I'll wrap it up here. Um, I was going to do Nathan Avaldi, but the World Series was a couple weeks ago, so I'm like just going to go with him. And I'm not going to do a Duke guy, Jerry. I'm going to do <laughs> Jimmy Butler. Um, I've been a big critic of Jimmy Butler. I'm not Whoa, we both I flipped. I know. Usually Skinner and I are the opposite. This, was, I'm gonna, gonna this give... is because he helped his former Duke guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It is, but shocker. Okay, I didn't talk about it. I didn't. I didn't talk about. Might have explained it at least. Yeah. So relax, you two. Tyus Jones getting way too much love on this podcast, and no, I'm a Duke Ty- guy. I, let's get Tyus Jones on the podcast. I'm, All right, whatever. Let's hear right. it. So Jimmy Butler, um, Tyus Jones, uh, Timberwolves, point guard, 2015 Duke national champion, oh, most love. outstanding player of the Final Four. Um. He wanted to go watch his brother Trey play in his first college game. Trey, uh, point guard for Duke, the best team in the country. And he couldn't find any flights from Indy where the game was to L.A. where the Timberwolves are playing tonight. Um, And so it wasn't going to work. He wasn't going to be able to see the Duke game. And then Jimmy decided, hey, I'm going to get you a private jet. You and I are going to go fly to Indy, and then we're going to fly to L.A. after. But – Jimmy couldn't end up going. Something came up. So Tyus went by himself, which, I mean, his girlfriend or sister, somebody was there with him. But, you know, cool thing for Jimmy, who gets a bad rep with a lot of people for just being a bad teammate, because he is. But he did a a good – Skinner, shut up. (laughs) He did a good thing for Tyus. Um, I appreciate Jimmy getting um, the 2015 national champ in the house last night. And it was good to see Duke beat the shit out of Kentucky. Thank you, Zion Williamson, RJ Barrett, who should be on the Bulls, and Trey Jones is awesome. But so there you have it. That's our four earn your stripes for the week. AJ stole Ryan's with Zach Levine. Um, Jerry sucks. His was Kyle Fuller. <laughs> Jerry just sucks in general. Skinner, Derek Rose, and then I gave it to Jimmy Butler. So we will put up a poll once this podcast comes out. You will vote on it. Um, honorable mention. Um, to Brittany for getting us that music. Um, we appreciate 
her working with AJ to get us some new uh, tunes for the pod. Um, our guest picker this week, Blake Kaplan, went 12-1. and one. Lost wow. the Monday night. Lost the Monday night game. So the uh, the perfect season, perfect pick, perfect week, whatever you want to call it, that's still out there. We're still looking for somebody to uh, to get that and see if they can top Blake, who is now the leader in the clubhouse at twelve and one. And do you happen to um, know who's leading for the uh, the actual uh, full time crew? Don't care. <laughs> Not me. I'm in last. Um, I think that I think would it's be a- uh, Skip Drellis at the top. I think it's AJ, if you guys couldn't tell. Still a dingus. <laughs> Still a dingus. Still a moron. Um, <laughs> but we also wanted to give a shout-out to our new clothing line that we uh, paired with. The guys don't even know about this. I'm bringing what? this up. First time right now. Um, shout-out to Rip City Outdoors. They're a uh, apparel company out in Kansas City. My former teammate. And roommate, uh, one of my good buddies, David White, is works for them. He's one of the head guys over there. So, you know, we're probably going to shout out Rip City Outdoors at the end of podcasts for Deep Dish Sports and Rooftop Radio. And, you know, they might give us some love over there. We got a new partner, first partner. Um, good for us. If you want to be the guest picker, you know, our DMs are open. Um, we're always available. We might have a guy this week, um, an entry, who said, when can I be on? So we'll see about that. Um and we will see you guys again next week. Still working through some kinks. And um, sorry, this one's a little bit long, but we got a lot to talk about. Um, Jerry still sucks. And we'll see you guys again next week.